remember the world's most expensive pumpkin pie? Fire away, player one. Uh, I, so, I remember, of course, the world's most expensive pumpkin pie was the Thanksgiving of yesteryear where Mott's brought, you brought so many goodies to that Thanksgiving. Didn't we end up slightly inebri- uh, intoxicated by the end of that night due to a bottle of golden melt-in-your-mouth scotch that you and me and Luke finished off? Uh, I think so. Did we also play like Archimedes that what, night or something like what that? What happened I don't that remember. night? What <laughs> exactly. It was a Thanksgiving to remember, but I did not know you were going to start the podcast this way. So please, why are you remembering the most expensive pumpkin pie ever? So a little bit of background here. So our our good friends, a lot of our family is uh, gluten free just because they have um, you know, celiacs and a few few other you know intolerances and things like that. So. I love making a great pumpkin pie. This is around Thanksgiving time. I don't eat pumpkin pie very often. So it's like the thing that if there's something that James loves to do, it is making a pumpkin pie. Okay. And consuming a little bit, a tiny, a tiny little sliver of it. Um, And now to get gluten-free, this was many years ago. So to get gluten-free ingredients, the actual pumpkin filling is mostly gluten-free already. It's the crust. It's that crust. Okay. Now, to make gluten-free crust, you need all of this Bob's Red Bridge, you know, gluten-free yeah. stuff. No, and you have to go to it's a, a drama. At, at that time, say that. At that time, it wasn't it wasn't in like your grocery store. It was in specialty stores, you know. So this pumpkin pie cost me fifty dollars to make, like straight up. Yeah, no, it's um, the amount of energy it takes to to keep something that healthy is. I mean, you know me, I'm like, I'm like the gluten fairy. Like I run around at night sprinkling gluten <laughs> on previously gluten-free treats. So I'm, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I, I believe in gluten as a part of my diet, <laughs> but so I'm not the most, uh, biased, unbiased source, but I still think that that's a lot to do for a, for a treat that maybe it's not meant to make that treat gluten-free if it costs that much money. That's a, that's a good point. Well, I think even just making anything at home, like you could just go buy a pumpkin pie for a dollar, right? But I'm not going to do that. And why this all came about is I just got back from the grocery store because it's Hville's birthday and I'm making a romantic dinner all from scratch everything. And I'm also making a key lime pie from scratch, including the crust and including homemade condensed milk to be part of the situation. Okay. This key lime pie just racked up a bill of $65. Oh my gosh, so it surpassed its predecessor. And this is this has gluten in it. Like gluten is in it. And let me explain why. Let me back it up a little bit here. The problem is when you go to make anything at home, it's not like a HelloFresh or a Blue Apron where it gives you perfectly portioned ingredients. No, 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 no. You need a teaspoon of xanthan right. gum. Well, can you buy and a teaspoon a of xanthan feather, gum? A feather from a local geese. Right. I mean, (laughs) exactly. Mm -hmm. So I needed a teaspoon of xanthan gum. You can only buy xanthan gum in this big container that costs $12. So now I have xanthan gum for days. I have evaporated milk for days. I have, I have, I have this milk product that is dry milk. I had never heard of it, but $15 and I need it apparently. So I'm very excited for the world's best key lime pie because my pumpkin pie that I made, that was a Delicioso, oh, it was, it was delicioso. And, and like we said, it was a great precursor to what led to be a great night when we, you brought a really nice bottle of scotch that night. I don't, I, I don't think it was quite Ron yeah. Swanson worthy, you know, um, but it was, <laughs> it was good stuff. So I, uh, well, I wish you luck and I'm really excited that it, that you're, that you've done this. So, yeah, I'm excited. And, and the nice thing is, so at, at, at Thanksgiving, 
you know that you made a good pumpkin pie when the other pumpkin pie that someone else brought was still sitting right. there and no one took a piece no. and yours was completely like, empty. But I don't have a comparison for you the just, key lime You just pie. made such like a competitive like housewife comment, like real real housewives of those <laughs> who follow Martha Stewart, right? I mean, you're like secretly, it's like, I don't know if you saw that recent episode of, thir- uh, not 30 Rock, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, where uh, they're getting together for a family Thanksgiving and the yes. right, the other family's supposed to be doing Thanksgiving, but she shows up having made all the main entrees and dessert just in case it's needed, right? And then you're secretly comparing exactly. who gets eaten, all that stuff. That's like, uh, I mean, okay, like not every not every housewife or or house husband for that matter is cares like that, but there are. It's definitely a cliche moment of of being competitive over your food being eaten and not somebody else's. Yeah, I love it, and then and you do you're doing it. Now, I just did it because I wanted to make a pumpkin pie, but yes, that, like some people do it like out of like no, mine is way better, and you can't even compete right. with me. Although I will say, I don't think anyone that year in the entire world could have competed right. with my. Well, the only pie. thing I compete with saying. when it comes to pie is whether I can eat a whole pie in one setting, and that that was a previous Thanksgiving that you were at. Me and me and Luke rolled through after eating earlier and then we went out and played back this is like we were we were young like really young. i mean like 16 17 or something and we came back and just decided like there were so many pies somebody had gone bananas on the pie making and i grabbed an apple pie and didn't slice it i just started eating the whole thing and i ate that entire apple pie in one setting you can ask luke this is the stuff of legend i'm not kidding Okay, like I, I, this isn't an exaggeration. Like, okay, Danny, we all remember you secretly didn't finish. You're just exaggerating the story. No, I went big, and ever since that day, I've been big. Er, so, so you get it. <laughs> so you did it correct. I, I did that, it correct. That's what you're saying. It's like, well, speaking since we've mentioned Luke so many times, I got to tell you. So I, I went and saw Luke this weekend. Uh, him and Dinah went and welcomed baby. We'll just call him Big O. Big welcomed O. Big O to the world and. Uh, had a blasty McBlasterson staring. You know, I passed the baby test, and and one day you might get there. I know you and you and H Lo talk about like maybe kids, whatever. Like you know, when when you guys want to do that, but when you know you pass the test of kids, and every parent out there can relate to this. When you always say you're done, and especially your wife says she's done, right? But then there's like this instinct that kicks in when you have. You have, you know, birth. I didn't birth, but I've like reared and raised several children. And there's a smell that babies have that is literally in our DNA genetics that that suggests to mothers they should have more. It, it's a literal thing. It's a smell. And it's like an environment that happens where you're holding a baby and you go, oh, I want one, right? Even when you've already had one, it's like the biggest curse that human beings have ever been given is their ability to forget, right? Moms forget what birth is actually like and dads forget what changing diapers does to both your budget and your hands. And so these are things that uh, you forget as a human being and then you get around a cute baby and you're like, oh man, maybe we could have one more, whatever. That didn't happen. I was able to fully appreciate <laughs> no. who my nephew is and love him and just like and and breathe in that baby smell and Shauna just absolutely adores him but we were both able to leave and say you know what we're done I don't want one of those things again I don't want to be back at that stage where I'm watching Luke and Dinah balance the the you know the tyrannical 3 year old with with the newborn I'm done I passed the test it was a big moment for us we we oh, passed yeah. the test this weekend well, big congratulations, I will say yeah, that. Yeah, don't even uh, congratulate Luke and Diane on the baby. Congratulate me and Sean on passing the no. test. That's the right way to do this here. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I mean, sure, I may have just sent them a gift package today, but I will say that you you really put. When, when know, do nine, I get a gift package it was for like, passing this test? I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Like, it's like, whoa, Danny, you did good, buddy. As somebody who has done well, very we, little work to grow an alien being inside of your of your belly and then give birth to said mm-hmm. alien being, you've done good, buddy. Well, let's just say as episode 50 creeps upon us, the gift-giving stack of celebration for Danny is slowly growing. <laughs> um, now, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a Yo. question. Let me ask you a question. Yo. Now, your kids are at the age. Word. Now, I have I have three nieces and nephews. They're at the age of, they're at the, the school. I don't know how their school works, but they're at the age where now they're kind of starting to grow out of the kindergarten, first and second grade. And they may be in activities, and those activities may need fundraising uh-huh. okay mm. i don't know if they do i don't know you have a lot of family members that also have children now i've been really good in the past i have two nephews and a niece i've been pretty good in the past of supporting said um, nieces and nephews when they ask yeah programs when they ask for money and give nothing in return right. besides their <laughs> happiness and joy how, how life. old are these said, um, by the way you have more nieces and nephews than that i mean my kids are your nieces and nephews. i refer to you as uncle Mott. true you know True. So that's true. But yeah, sorry, go ahead. All yes. of them. But Danny has never come to me and sent me a video of Nash saying that he would like for me to sponsor whatever. <laughs> I'm going to sound like a terrible human being. Okay. Now, here's the thing I don't have any kids. Right. Now, I wish that growing up, I did these activities. I was in band. I had to go get stuff for band. And you, I would ask my neighbors. I don't really remember asking family very much, to be honest with you. Maybe I did, but I was young. I don't remember any of it. I remember that I did it. And now looking back, I'm like, I wish I never did any of that. Like, why am I asking all these people for five bucks? Like, how come my school just can't get, you know, the tuba? I don't know. But like, should I should I continue to give, like as a single, as I guess as me as a single person, you know, or, and maybe soon to be married and then maybe have a kid, maybe not. I don't think I ever want my kid to ask the entire family for donations. Right. You know what I mean? Or is it wrong? You no, know, dude, you, like, you what is your every, feeling you in have this? Every right, right. First of all, nobody's feelings are ever wrong, right? I mean, if you feel this way, okay, we can argue facts, logical, you know, perspectives, opinions, and thoughts, but feelings, feelings are in that untouchable zone. If you feel a little off like that's on that's you buddy i mean your feelings are your butt so i and i also like jokes aside about feelings and thoughts like i i I totally support i mean after a while it's it's cool to support your family's endeavors and i'm also a bit of a softy like when i despite having kids and numerous expenses that go into those particular four children it's hard to say no when when um when when you're asked to help, you know, like friends and family, all that stuff. But I but I think after a certain point, I mean, you can just be like, hey, Uncle Mox, I can't do it this this time. Like, you know, get back to me next time. There's nothing wrong with punning on one round of fundraising. It's like these kids are running around like they're little VCs, you know, launching the next potential <laughs> unicorn, right? You're like, how much money do you need for a tuba? Um, so, dude, I hear you, right? I think it's okay. And, and if that makes us both bad people, then we're both bad people. But we still have rights to our feelings because as we learned on Wreck-It Ralph, I may be a bad guy, but that doesn't make me a bad guy. So that's true. Um, <laughs> that's true. Anyway, I'm with you. I, 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 uh, my, I don't want to be the Zangief of the family. Right. Okay. <laughs> you know what? I... But if, but if, if you weren't crushing men's skulls like sparrows eggs between your thighs and denying kids fundraising efforts, then who else is going to do it? So <laughs> it's very true. It's true. I mean, the, the question becomes, you know, the, you know, you have other siblings that are of right. your similar age right. and it gets to the point where, you know, I enjoy getting 
my siblings a gift here and there. I don't even think I do birthday gifts anymore. I, I, you know, I get a Christmas gift. I like that, but I, I only really do it if I really I see something and I need. I'm like, this is perfect no, for see, them. Right? I think that's. I'm not. You g- are. You are. And as somebody who knows you, dude, and I know the the angel hearted philanthropist that you are, and and I, I mean honestly, like you, you're a very giving person, and and the truth is, uh, that's. I think that's the right thing because we we've kind of crossed that line too, and and where. In the beginning, as me and Shona are both older siblings, right? We're the oldest. So, and I'm the oldest of, you know, my parents were divorced when I was six weeks and then had kids in separate families. So I'm the oldest of like two families. Seriously, I have seven siblings total, only all of them half blood to me, right? Even if they're full blood. And then I've got, and then you got Shauna, who's the oldest daughter. And so being in that position and kind of starting your life first in some ways, and, and you know, we're, we were definitely the first ones to kind of be the most financially stable and kind of figure things out. You, you tend to feel obligated around certain things. And, and I think that's okay to at, at, at first, you know, do that. But I think at a certain point, everybody, you know, you, you should act on something you feel like. So if I see something for one sibling and I'll tell you the first years I started doing this in my dysfunctional family, um, it led to some, it led to some lashback. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. Right. I got a couple sibling stuff and I didn't get everybody's stuff. Cause it was like, I thought this was really cool and perfect for somebody. And I'm willing to spend extra on that rather than you know, everybody's obligated and it definitely hurts some feelings, but it was also like part of like the growing up process. It's like, look, like we all love each other. Do, do we need to prove that in monetary material gifts? I mean, come on. Right. And yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's kind of like, it's, yeah, it's kind of like, well, what I'm trying to get away from is, is that point, right? I'm going to do this if I, I see it and I need it. And, and it's not because I, I don't like you, but I, I'm just not going to give you $50, right? I, I also, you know, you get into that that thing where it's like, I'm going to give you $50, you give me $50, whether it's a gift card or not. And you're like, all right, well, there's really, not that there wasn't thought because you're thinking about it, but now we're just exchanging $50. Right. Right? And, and, I mean, and so like, then there's, then everyone, I think to avoid that and like wants to do stuff, you know, you do like the family secret Santa or family white elephant, which I think is, it can also be mm. fun. Um, and you know, I, I enjoyed it when you exchange gifts this year and everyone's like, Oh, somebody got this. But to me, I also believe it's part of our like forced culture of showing your love and appreciation. I, I don't know. I'm honestly, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a forward thinking kind of hippie when it comes to this stuff, maybe of our, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty much against it. And I tell Sean every year, I'm like, look, like, and I, I do, we do go out of our way to get stuff for our nieces and nephews. And when it comes to our nieces and nephews, we, we do still feel obligated. Is that even right? I don't know. But it's like. I do feel like obligated. I like getting the kids stuff. Um, and, and I'm certainly fortunate and thankful that I've been given to. And, and we were also the first ones to have kids. So probably our kids, I mean, Nash was the first grandkid, right? Yeah. And yeah. winner, he wins everything, right, he gets wins, everything, right? He right. got, he got more. And then, and then Warner might've even been the second grandkid. Cause he's older than bought. Like my second son, I think was the second grandkid on both sides of the family still. So, yeah. you know, as much as, um, but, but then also like I had older siblings that were, or I'll put it this way, you have younger siblings on the other side of the family that are older than they should be. Like my dad and his, and his wife had kids that are, I mean, not that much older than my kids. Right. I mean, they are like 10 yeah. years older, but like within that range where, I don't know, you just, what am I talking about? Let's just trust our hearts and follow our dreams and taste the <laughs> rainbow. Can we all just agree to taste it's- the rainbow here? 
it's complicated because I, I agree with you. you know I was the the youngest I was the second but just like like Big O just came out and, right. and Little E now is like so I remember that was the thing is I was asking Heather this I was like you know if someone gets married again or they have another kid like how come I didn't get like a gift registry thing like was I right. supposed to buy some like how come like E Diggity got like everything but oh over here just sitting in a corner right well it's kind of how I it mean, works I, a little I, I like not know. even it's not like they're getting slighted it's like you also tend to have more. Like, mm. for example, a lot of the registry stuff that you re- really rely on families for help is are the expensive things like cribs and car seats and this and that. And because you're kind of going knee deep on having a bringing a child into the world, it's really cool when you have people in your life that can have baby showers or wedding showers and help you do that. It, you know, as the family is started, you're no longer in a position, hopefully, you know, where where you really need that kind of support. And so I think it's almost a natural thing. And and I think that the younger siblings also tend to have other types of benefits. So, you know, there's all, you know, having four of these little minions um, that I, I can tell you, like, they all, there's pros and cons to each of their lifestyles. And it's hard for me to sit here and weigh, like, which one of them has it better or worse than the other, because I, I don't know that any of that stuff is really true. Yeah, I feel like I, I just because I was the second one, I don't feel like, you know, slighted at all. And I don't, you know, I think that uh, you're probably right that things already kind of stack up on top of it. And, you know, it doesn't really matter the order. But talking about minions, and I want to change topics here. Okay. <laughs> I um, know, we, we went really deeply down this family rabbit hole. I mean, I was just mentioning the big O and you sent a gift package. But yeah, where are we going with exactly. this next? So minion diggity. Now, you've seen Despicable Me's. You have children, right? <sighs> I've I've seen way too much Despicable Me. Third one was a flop, by the way. Did you watch the Minions one? Because it's the highest grossing of all of them, by the way. The Minions one was was really I, I did enjoy it. I have seen it. Um, it's the only one of the of the franchise that I haven't followed all the way from start to finish. But I did. I really liked the first two thirds of the movie that I've seen like seven times. Like one of those things where you've seen the same parts of this movie like seven times. So yeah, and. Why I bring this up, because we were talking about movies and you're talking about a little bit of movie, but I don't know if we never discussed this because the same company that does Despicable Me, which I've been a big fan of, I think I only saw one and two and then I fell asleep in the middle of Minions because they just bop around all the time, um, is the Illumination, that same company, you know that they're making a Super Mario movie? Did you read or I hear did about not this that. at all? And they got oh, the rights not. to do that from Nintendo? So they're working directly. Nintendo picked them. Wow. Now, like, what's interesting here is like, you know, Universal, you know, Universal, like the the theme park, like they're having a Nintendo world built. You know that, right? Uh, no, I did not. What? Okay. So they announced this like a year ago and they just put out like some of the trailers and stuff. They're doing it first in Japan, then down in Florida. And then I think also in California. So this is going to roll out over the next few years. So it's going to be a completely themed immersive world, just like Harry Potter world, but Nintendo world. Right. You could like go into Zelda's castle. You could fight King Koopa. Like, I mean, it's, first of all, it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. I get it. And. So Universal owns Illumination. So I think there might be some little bits and pieces in there a little bit. Um, But I was really excited because if you remember the old terrible uh, movie of past, um, the Mario Brothers movie. Oh, yeah. The the real Mario Brothers. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. Um, I own it. Um, (laughs) And... So I'm pretty excited about this because the problem with with Mario is that he doesn't really speak all that much. So I'm kind of interested to see like is it going to go a Minions route? So exactly, Mario, Mario do some to Sorry, pizza, I can do Mario fireball. all day. Go ahead, Mario, Luigi, Mario. Um, how, what would your ideal 
Nintendo Mario movie be like? Being that you have so many kids and you've seen so much Despicable Me, I would like to know. Well, because my, I have my vision. I, right. Despite the kids that I have and that I spend most of my life running ragged for them, I still operate as a generally pretty selfish human being where I can. And I so my personal vote, if you're asking, would be some sort of like satire film. Like I want it to be funny. Like I don't want it to be like could they go the Wreck It Ralph route where they like kind of show like the game within the game and kind of like poke fun at some stuff? That might be interesting to have like a Nintendo movie almost like like Wreck It Ralph. Would it be cool to do, you know, satire kind of talking about you know, that awkward relationship between Mario and Luigi, right? And all things there. Mm. I mean, I don't know. If I had my way, it would be... I, I would try to think of a comedic angle that that had a plot, um, but not basically just do the obvious, where you grab a level of Mario or you grab a, a full game start to finish and you just run through it, right? I mean, yeah. where's the twist? What's interesting about this and, and, and uh, where are we going with that? So I don't know. I, I'm... I'm curious to see what this movie is, what angles they're taking, but that would be the route I would I would personally want. Yeah, see how like excited you get when you're just like, oh, there's going to be a Mario movie, and then you're like, hmm, what what kind of movie are they yeah, going to make? What exactly like is this a thing that could possibly entertain us? I don't know. Well, yeah, Wreck-It so Ralph, Ralph was like one of my favorite actual video game specific movies because oh, it was is, that satire i love wreck it ralph dude i watch so wreck it ralph with with hazel and talia like as much as i can like if you listeners have not seen wreck it ralph go do it because it's one absolutely hilarious and it's not based on a video game but they have official video game characters in it right. and it's very well done um, i mean it's basically kind of like a donkey kong-esque right. um you know ralph and but i mean i love that you know the story there too is that um when they were doing this like since bowser and uh, a few other nintendo characters were in it like they had nintendo representatives and like i think me i don't know if miyamoto went there as well but like the team went and they were specific about like how fast that character would walk and the height and like so all of the characters and the height were like nintendo was like if you're gonna use this it has to be this tall and it has right. to be this is like bowser would puff smoke out of his nose this much you know what i mean right, like exactly. it's like, so crazy to think about yeah no, so and, and anyways, ralph was, was phenomenal and maybe maybe because of what i just said about wreck what you just said about wreck and ralph Maybe that's too much like my request for kind of a general satire on the whole Nintendo King- Kingdom world, right? Maybe that's just, yeah. maybe that's already been done. Maybe maybe there's a Wreck-It Ralph 2. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure they'll do something. But, but yeah, Wreck-It Ralph is phenomenal. And I would, I'm probably going to see this Mario movie, whether I like it or not, similar to how the Marvel movies own my wallet. By the way, I saw Black Panther this weekend as well. That's what Luke, of course thing, did. Luke and I did. Um, how did that go? So it went well, and I, you know, you haven't seen the movie yet, right? No, all I know is that I watched the trailers. This is, I described to my friend Frank. I said I watched the trailers because he also didn't see it. I said I watched the trailers, and it didn't really do anything for me. It looked intriguing, and it looked like yet another Marvel movie. It reminded me of like when I saw the Thor, the so saw the Thor trailer, which was this looks kind of cool. I know nothing about this world. I guess I'll wait for the Blu-ray release. Right. That was my <laughs> analogy. And then Twitter is just like, oh my God, like it just like everyone is tweeting about how they're seeing it and doing this. And it's the most amazing thing since Honestly, sliced bread. It, and it's not, it's not your typical Marvel movie. And one of the things they did well, I think touching on the subject of the trailers, as you said, is that 
I'm like thinking back about the trailers. I feel like everything about the trailers really hides what the overall plot and struggle of the movie is. Mm. And and that's and that's really cool because one you don't normally see them go out of their way to do that. But because Black Panther just I mean, you know, it was it was scheduled to be released like beginning of last year, 2017. And oh, wow. and things continued to get pushed back in the Marvel universe and I wonder if that's partly because they were like, "No, we really want to do this the right." I don't know what they changed or what the reasons were, but I'll tell you, it wasn't because of some over-the-top special effects. I mean, it's 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 a cool movie. It's a Marvel movie. It is a superhero movie, but it's not it's not a storyline that is that is like any other Marvel movie so far. I'll tell you that. And um, you know, then and on that note, I really enjoyed it. It was it was a it was an intense film, and it was like and there you know it's all I, I don't know how well you've been following the controversy around sort of the social messages of it or not at know. all. So. All you've been hearing is the good things, as it should be. It's a great movie. I think. I think there's, you know, I don't know how how much of the of the negative feedback is coming because of of some of the. There are definitely some suggestive and aggressive social messages about, you know, the struggle of the African American, uh, the Black community in in the U.S. Right. And yeah, and I don't think they're good. wrong. It's all real. So yeah, that's which is all, all real. Right? I don't think it's bad, <laughs> yeah. but it definitely. I mean, the the movie has has a point and it has and it has something that it's trying to communicate and ironically like my favorite uh movie uh, i mean that that also has some sort of a call it aggressive or whatever you know social messaging about how black people how african americans are perceived was get out right we've seen that movie that's one of the best movies ever by the way you've seen that right no not yet it's on my like, list oh my god <laughs> <laughs> That's why you were silent because you were so guilty when I said that. How so, have you not so, seen Get Out yet, dude? So, oh my, Heather you need and to I get out. You need to get out of here right now. No, okay, hold on. But let me finish because here's the thing. Before we go into why you haven't seen one of the best films of all time, um, eh, wow. Okay, uh, I'm regathering myself here. Uh, one of the actors from Get Out, the main, the main actor. I, I forget his name, but he's in. He's in this movie as well. And you know, I, I think. Um, and then there's some some comments in the end about about slavery and and uh, the ancestors that came across on the boats and kind of. I'm trying to not give you the whole movie away because I want you to see it. But it's um, mm -hmm. you know, it's interesting and it's and it's and it's aggressive. And I, you know, I think the messages are are pretty clear. I think people, you know, you tend to wonder where people are coming from. Are there certain people that are basically saying things that are just like purely fascist and not happy that it had, that it delivers such a powerful social me social message for the, you know, minority community that is African-American or, or, you know, like some people would argue like, you know, drawing attention or being that aggressive about it only like furthers or, or puts more stakes in the divide between different communities. And I, I'm not qualified to speak on these matters. There's been a lot of people that try to do that. I mean, Joe Rogan's podcast, like went viral on his opinion on it, but I'll just say overall, like, my opinion is I think the social messages are pretty are pretty righteous, if you will. I think that there's there's, you know, really important messages there that are made and I don't think they're bad messages. And I think overall I found it to be a super inspiring, like intense movie and 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 I'm glad that my kids saw it too. So that's where I stand on it. I'm not gonna pretend to have any more of a I'm not going to pretend to give an opinion in this episode on something I'm not qualified to speak on. I know I'm impressing you right now with that holding back, but I'm but I'm not going to, and I. But I, I do think the messages were really good, and I think I think it was a great movie. So I like that. I'm, I do genuinely want to see it, and I think that uh, I, you I should. will. This is not I your should. regular. Okay. I think you should see it. Then okay. you shouldn't wait for Blu-ray. Okay, I like that. Okay, this is good. No, and I think I agree with you that I, like you, I am not um, capable of speaking on some of those subjects 
either. You know what I mean? It's like when I, when we talk, like I am not a lawyer, right? I'm not going to, I'm going right. to tell you how I do stuff. I have no idea what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> um, I did, get, I did get a tax person this Everybody year. Everybody so on Reddit excited. is a lawyer. Everybody on Reddit yes. has more knowledge about the legal system and what people are doing incorrectly and correctly than, than most people working for law firms. That's just a fact. If you haven't yeah. accepted that. <laughs> That's accurate. Now, let me ask you a question. When we change topics yet again. Did you receive your Burundi Kayanza Makapanga oh, coffee? That, that was the other thing. I wanted. Of course, that's what I did today. I made myself a cup. My day, if you're not following me on Twitter today, I'll tweet you a link. My day has been one of, of what is it, digestible pleasures, okay? I started <laughs> out with this coffee that I made, and I used my December coffee driffer. I used my swan neck. You know, heated over the propane stove that Motsi, Uncle Mots got me. I and I and I had myself. I you know what's hilarious? I smelt it. I smelt the coffee, and then I was like, "Oh yes!" And then I like drank it, and then I took a sip, and I was like, "This is the greatest ever!" And I was like yelling for the kids, and Talia thought it was hilarious. And so then I smelt it again and made like uh, made like just like a funny noise of how much I liked the coffee, and she was cracking up the whole time. So it it was so I I had a great start to the day. Then I've been eating leftover fish dinners with this like lemon kind of curry sauce Shauna makes. I don't even know what it is, but it's delicioso. So I'm like, I'm I'm living large on the healthy and enjoyable food meter today. I like so. the digest digest digestible pleasures. Yeah, <laughs> digestible. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I I just I switched it up and I, I got it. And uh, the tasting notes here are butterscotch, baked pineapple, and cherry cola. And this is a pretty delectable. I don't know where Kayanza is. I'd have to look it up. But um, I will say this is a very, you got a great start week. Um, I've never, I've only been disappointed with maybe one or two weeks of the coffee, which means that it's still better than other coffee that I've ever drank, but I'm disappointed a little bit. But this is a great week to start because I think that this, this bean, we're talking about a blue bottle subscription, if you didn't listen to last week's um, um, episode, not a sponsor, still could be they still, um, they've been knocking down the door. We're just trying to get the good, the right deal, everybody. Don't worry. Yeah. And uh, I will say that I brewed it myself a cup in our AeroPress um, right before we recorded. And I've been drinking, I've been sipping that the entire time. It just reminded of me of um, hanging out with you, snuggling up and just yeah. a warmer, cuddly place. But it was, it's a very good. We've never um, napped together. I wonder how that would go. I wonder if you and I would be compatible nap partners. I'd definitely be Little Spoon, I guess. Right. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. I don't mind the Little Spoon action. That's okay, yep. too. I say yep. You like switch it up a little bit here and there. Right. Um, sometimes you got to nap. When I first moved to Seattle, I didn't have any place to live. I, all I had was an inflatable mattress. And uh, Luke Luke drove up with me. And I said, well, I guess this is where we're sleeping. We just cuddled up right there. And yeah, that's what you got to do. You know, no big deal. MBDs. Not, nothing um, wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. I'm glad that you like the coffee. I'm I'm very excited uh, for you and for our listeners. Yeah, no, and to know Shauna that. adjusted because we're going we're going to Costa Rica next week. Um, what? Which, oh, we got to figure. I forgot we need. Yeah, now I'm just speaking totally unplanned thoughts here. Which who am I kidding? That's how I live my life. I I, I spend more time taking my foot out of my mouth than probably any human being ever. But um, we're going to Costa Rica, so I'm going for the first week. The first few days of the week uh, with just the other owners slash managers. Just it's kind of a chess.com mm. kind of management retreat, which is cool. And we get together and do some planning and stuff. Um, we're not going there because it's any kind of like exotic real vacation at that point. It's just because one of our owners basically lives there. And so that's kind of what we do. But um, so we're doing that. But then all of our wives are joining us, which is really fun. And Sean and I haven't gone on a real vacation. Like, 
I, this is not that, oh, poor us. I'm telling you right now, we didn't have a honeymoon. For those who don't know, Nash was born before we got married. Um, so we, um, we were like the opposite because we were like together. Then we broke up for six. We got back together. Then like I proposed, but then she got pregnant. So we pushed back the wedding because at that point we kind of knew we wanted to be together, but we wanted her to enjoy the wedding more, right? So that's a quick and dirty of how our marriage happened. But that means Nash is in our wedding pictures, which is cool. Nothing cuter than a little baby wearing a gold chain and a little tux. Okay. It's, it's adorable if you haven't seen it. So we have not, one of us has been home with the kids. Mainly her, because I do more of the traveling, but she's also had some, you know, some teacher trainings, like she went to like a math thing. And like, so I've done, I, you know, I, you know, do some nights where she's not around with the kids, but mainly her, we've, we have not had a vacation where we were both away from the kids since Nash was born. That's 13 years almost. So, um, so this is like, we're pretty excited. Sean is super nervous, super anxious, right? I mean, oh, Talia's it's gonna be great. Talia's two. She's turning two this week, and she's so obviously, like things are gonna be okay. But it's a it's a nerve wracking thing for us to do. But that's what I'm doing next week, and it's gonna be fun. Where are you going? Do you know where? So you know, H- so we're flying H- into Liberia, mm-hmm, Liberia, okay. Costa Rica. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And then we're staying at a at a at a hotel there. There's there's a res- I, I don't know exactly. Um, I don't have the uh, the specs or the links to the hotel offhand, but uh, but we're fly- Liberia is where we're flying, and then I think it's like 15, 20 minutes to kind of the closest sort of beach thing. Yes, you're very close to the beach. We flew into San Jose. We drove up to La Fortuna, and then we drove all the way to Le Mans, all the way across. We just got a car and, and drove across the whole place. You're going to love it. Uh, Costa Rica is fantastical. That is a very nice area over there as well, the beaches on that side. Um, maybe I'll, I'll, um, we'll follow up on this because I'm excited to see where you went, but we have a whole list of things that we did. Um, yeah. and I don't know where or and what I've you're heard all a doing, lot of that, that Costa Rica so has good. like a ton. Yeah. I, I knew you were going to say that cause we're not going to get to do all that. This is kind of like man- manager meetings, like Monday kind of through early Thursday, wives are arriving Wednesday night. We're cutting it a half day and then we're doing the weekend. I think we're probably going to do a lot of kind of beach time and just hang um, there's yeah. some local hikes and stuff, but we're not, there's no plans for us to do, which I know Costa Rica has some of the most physical, physically beautiful and awe inspiring locations on the planet from what I hear. So it also yeah. has like the most ecosystem, like, like weather systems in like one small geographical area, right? I mean, you're on the beach and then you're like moving into the rainforest and just things get wild in Costa Rica, I hear. Yeah, man, we went zip lining there in uh, La Fortuna, which is like by the volcano area. It's pretty close to where you're at, actually. Maybe it's like an hour, an hour and a half drive. And uh, you could just you could just go out to get a taxi and probably go. But we went zip lining. And it, it was the first time I ever went zip lining. It was the most amazing thing absolutely ever. So professional. You take this gondola way, 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 way up. And you're just in the middle of like nowhere. There's 13 lines that you go down. And one of them, you zip for literally seven minutes like like right. you're just going i've and heard like, about that like it's you, amazing you, that sounds that sounds I it's don't not know. scary like, at all it's just it's just like remember when i was just like man when i get into like a go-kart i'm just like we it was like it was i was just so happy and like you're looking to look and it, it feel i don't know everything felt so professional so like all, all the equipment they had you could buy a gopro and slap it on your i mean it was legit you know um it's not like you're going down to frankie's uh right frankie's zip line like, down over frankie's here zip line in like you know the heart of mexico city not that that's a bad thing but like you know they haven't they're having been like you know checks on the on the strings for years right i mean whatever so yeah 
we we actually have a zip line at my uncle's ranch that I help him set up um, in New Mexico, which is like one of those I want to get back to. We haven't been there in a few years, but he's got this ranch that is he got he he uh, he got paid. It, it, he's a lawyer. Speaking of lawyers, and he he got paid with this like land. He like kind of did a barter thing and, and a case he had, and so you know he got this really huge plot of land in New Mexico that is literally the middle of nowhere, middle middle mm-hmm. of nowhere, and um. But he just thought it was kind of cool and like wanted a, wanted a place in the middle of nowhere. Uh, but we set up a zip line there, and while setting that up, like three of us almost died. I mean, we were oh it God. was it was crazy. It was like at one point we cut down a tree that was right in the line of where we needed to go, and it fell on a power line and then bounced up. Like we were pushing it the other way, thought we were professional tree cutters. Apparently, we're not. Like we misjudged how to cut the tree for how it was falling. It fell on a power line. Like somebody yelled an explicitive and like told everybody to jump out of the way, right? And the tree like bounced off this power line. Thank God it didn't break it because that's, I mean, like power lines when they're cut and go haywire like that, like yeah, it's just not good. That's how people die. And um, anyway, so that's a fun little zip. But we ended up getting that thing done. And anchored to a spot there that it's it's a good like seven hundred foot it's a it's a real deal zipline um, that we had to tape we had to duct tape a massive mattress to the tree at the bottom because the stopper of the zipline like can't stop it because you're going so fast down this hill that we did um, and like basically people hit this mattress that was this old like twin mattress that has been duct taped around this pine tree what am I oh what do I do with my that sounds just just crazy, but anyway, I got to take you there one day to the to the legendary duct tape mattress zipline. I'm 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 in. Let's get at least episode right. fifty under our right. belt, and then... you're gonna have to sign a waiver, obviously, before you try it. So yes. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else you got for this week, buddy? I don't know. This, this is a great a fun episode. episode. Sorry if yeah. I uh, you know got a little off the rails there with the uh, with the no. duct tape mattress story, but you know, no, it's I. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate I, you. I always I end with every episode with, wow, that was really fun. I bonded with Mots. This is like a therapy hour for us. We just love to hang out every week and do this. And then, But I always end everything I do with, what did I say that could have possibly offended somebody? That's like just a <laughs> mantra for my life. What did I say that could have offended somebody? And so I, I should probably talk to my therapist about that next week. You know, why do I do that? So I agree. <laughs> I agree, but you're adorable and I love you. Yeah. Well, I love you too. Oh, wait. No, don't go wait till we check out the listener feedback because apparently Simon, the assistant to the regional manager who finally found out through the grapevine that that we've been talking, that we talked about him on several podcasts and he's now officially onboarded working full time for chess.com. I love my assistant. Simon is the man. Yes. But uh, what, um, what did he leave? He said he left us some listener feedback. So first, Simon here. So one, I, I knew that this came in. Okay. Uh, to the show, and I didn't want to spoil it, but I'm pretty sure that this was um, from your your Simon. And one, the name that he filled out was Danny's Simon, so specifically <laughs> Danny Simon. If that's not a giveaway, then... Uh... and uh basically he wrote in just something very short and sweet which we appreciate but he said that you know he heard that we wanted to either a talk to him directly but also that we've been chatting a lot about him so uh he said maybe we can get him on the show i just need to pressure you into inviting him down to arizona so you guys can record together um and play some chess head to head (laughs) yeah he's uh well 
We were we were talking about how we needed to kind of to get together and, and do maybe have a, a few power session work days. It might be good when you kind of first start working with someone, you know. Yeah. On a, on a lot of matters. Um. But uh, okay. Well, there. Were, so that was his request. I'm going to talk to Simon about that. I don't know yet. I don't know. <laughs> All I know is he needs to step up the social media game, get the podcast growing and blowing up. <laughs> right. I'll try to live vicariously through you. Um. With your, I'm not, uh, I'm not officially to allowed to give him tasks outside, but this is this is good for chess.com when this podcast grows. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, just got to operate in the world of how can I justify flying him down here from Montreal just on a turnaround to record a podcast, right? I mean, that's <laughs> just for 24 hours. Just for he'll 24 be, he'll hours. Be so, real excited. He won't have any jet lag yeah. because he won't be gone for long enough to have jet lag. Right. No. If you if that's like that's how time travel works. If you go in and out so fast, it causes no effects. That's what I'm pretty sure that's what the message of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban was. Exactly. So. <laughs> All right, buddy. Um, well, if you see him on the Internet, tell him I say hello. Um, also, if you are a listener, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at James Montemagno. Danny is at Daniel Wrench. Um, that's where you can find us also on chess.com and you can find us all over the internet. You can write in just like Simon did by going to blunders.fm. You can rate, review us on iTunes, subscribe, tell your friends all about us. We would absolutely love it. Um, and it helps the show. We uh, are growing slowly but surely, but maybe Simon can uh, do some guerrilla marketing over there and just put yeah. our faces all over the place. Yeah, love so. it. All right, buddy. Uh, I love you. I miss you. Love you Have too. fun in Costa Rica's. Let's uh we'll uh we'll talk off air about times to record and stuff given the travel but uh yeah I love you dude talk next week peace